You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome on all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB. And for my dear, your humble host, on The Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, October 7th, 2021. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And I want to thank you all for all the kind comments you sent my way on Monday morning when our change happened here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. If you don't have any idea, I would like to take this opportunity to tell you about how our network works and what it looks like now, because I think that's my job. I always want to be transparent with you. You are kind enough to give us your time, so I want to make sure you understand what you're giving your time to. Um, look, at Blog and the Boys, we have a wonderful, just a wonderful array of staffers, a wonderful array of talent, and we have so many wonderful shows. More than anything, we have wonderful listeners and wonderful readers and wonderful viewers, and we want to make sure that we're giving you the best, and I want to make sure that I'm giving you the best. For the last few years, uh, The Ocho has served as a morning update show here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network that's been about eight minutes, which has been the play on the name, um, to just kind of give you the daily headlines, right, like we do on the site with our daily links posts. Uh, we're still doing that with Dallas Cowboys Roundup. Now, Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Dallas Cowboys Roundup will be hosted by Tony Catalina, who also, by the way, runs our halftime show on our Instagram page, if you want to join that uh, this week at halftime when the Cowboys were up like 27 to nothing on the Giants. Uh, On Tuesdays and Thursdays today, you obviously heard Dan Rogers, a.k.a. Danny Phantom. Those two dudes will make sure you know everything that you need to know every single day on Dallas Cowboys Roundup. The spirit of the show is the exact same that the Ocho has been for all along. Now, look. Again, I appreciate everybody who was kind enough to send me some comments and kind enough to send me some emails uh, about the change and not hearing me on Monday morning. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I promise you. You get a lot of me on the podcast network, and I'm appreciative to everyone who wants to listen. Uh, on Tuesdays, if you care about when you can hear me specifically, uh, you get me on Tuesdays with Tony Casillas, our two-time Super Bowl champion. Tony and I chop it up every Tuesday on the 750. You also get me later on Tuesday evening in our BTB roundtable discussions. We do also stream those live on the blog and the boys youtube channel if you want to watch those and participate and and join in on the fun on wednesdays you get me we drop two shows every wednesday to be clear and thursday and tuesday if you count the round table but wednesdays you get me on the first show with brandon gowton from bleeding green nation blg and i talk about the state of the nfc east on the nfc east mixtape that's the goal is to talk about everything going on in the division so we're keeping our eyes on the enemy you know having fun doing so of course and then now on thursdays you get me here on the ocho the show 
is here now lives on Thursdays because it is the third day, if we're being honest. Uh, Riled Up's not going anywhere. You just get it later on in the day. So every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, we bring you two shows on the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. Thank you, Bear. It would not be uh, a traditional Ocho if Bear did not make an appearance because we know that things are happening and we want to make sure that we have a number of voices, a number of analysis, a number of opinions, and lots of discussion because we all love this team and we want to see them do well. And thankfully, they are doing well. So we appreciate all of you who already have subscribed to the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network. If you haven't yet, please do so. People ask all the time how they can support us. That's what helps is subscriptions, is ratings, reviews on the Apple Podcasts page, wherever, you know, obviously if you have an Apple device. Uh, but subscriptions, ratings, reviews, those go a long way. Uh, you do also, by the way, get me in our live post game show on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel and Facebook page that we stream. And we obviously podcast that as well. So I'm here a lot. It's just the morning updates that have changed. You'll still get the Ocho, still get the standard intro, standard outro. And as I mentioned on our Tuesday edition when we had our scheduling, you know, adjustment just for this week, Tony will be back next week don't worry um my dad might join us in papa ocho you might get the double eights uh every now and then so that's the skinny that's where we're at but i do appreciate everybody and i wanted to just start this first episode in this slot uh thursday mornings was when this is dropping you know you might get a chance to listen to it later on in the day or whatever uh but wanted to let you know kind of the 411 um if you have any comments questions concerns you can always hit me up on twitter or instagram i'm working on getting that instagram back by the way i've been locked out for about a month now ever since i got a new phone but it's at rj ochoa on twitter or instagram you can also email me rj.ochoa at sbnation.com now i want to get into the dallas cowboys offense and how elite it is and kind of some some metrics behind that but before we do, I did want to update you on three things or really just kind of rip through them. Um, at the time of this recording, Jalen Smith is not officially a Green Bay Packer. Obviously, by now, you know, he's been released. We had our live show reacting to it. We talked all about it on Wednesday. You know, Matt LaFleur, who's the Green Bay Packers head coach, was the Notre Dame quarterbacks coach in 2014 when Jalen Smith was a sophomore in South Bend, Indiana. And so that kind of makes sense. You know, you kind of see relationships like that play a factor when, when players change teams like this. We're all wishing Jalen the best. I think we all agree this was for the best for the Cowboys. Um, so that's really it at this point. You know, I if, if Jalen didn't have the profile he did, I don't think this would have been as big of a discussion and generated as many headlines as it did all throughout Tuesday evening and, and Wednesday afternoon and morning. Um, but, you know, he's he's been a public figure for the Cowboys for the better part of the last couple of years, and so it is what it is. But the Cowboys – ultimately lost like their fifth linebacker is really what this is about so uh, all the best to Jalen Smith uh, for what it's worth Leighton Vanderish did share on Wednesday that Dan Quinn read a message to the team that was from Jalen telling them to go get it uh, so Jalen clearly doesn't have any hard feelings about this uh, but best of luck to Jalen with the Green Bay Packers uh, we'll see how that ultimately turns out um, also you know we did a video about this on the YouTube channel on Wednesday morning just because you know I guess this is kind of like the Jalen thing, but obviously we're closer to it as Cowboys fans. Stephon Gilmore uh, looked to be on his way out of New England by way of release, and we all were kind of clamoring for the Cowboys to be interested, obviously. You know, if you've been listening and watching for long enough, you know that we've been saying the Cowboys should trade for Stephon Gilmore since, I don't know, since January, February. Um, and ultimately, nothing came to be with the Cowboys on Stephon Gilmore. It was a different silver-helmeted team, one who played at AT&T Stadium last week, uh, that wound up trading for him. The Carolina Panthers sent a 2023 sixth-round pick to the New England Patriots to acquire Stephon Gilmore. I mean, I'm with you because I know you are probably saying, man, I wish they had been the Cowboys, and I do too. Um, but it just – I hate to say it is what it is, but just – 
Thank you, Bear. Seriously, dude. We're trying to record. All right. It's first episode in this slot. Have some respect. Jeez. He's pumped because Justin Fields is now the starting quarterback for real, for real, for the Chicago Bears, which actually is something that I think we need to pay attention to because as Cowboys fans, you know, we want the Cowboys to perform well, but we also want to see the rest of the NFC East flounder, right? Like in terms of football, uh, you know, we wish them health, wealth, and happiness in life, but we want to see them lose every single game. Um, now we want the Bears to do well, just, you know, not because my dog is named that, but because the Chicago Bears first round pick does not belong to them. The Chicago Bears first round pick in 2022 belongs to the New York football giants by way of the trade that Chicago made to go from 20 up to 11 in the 2021 NFL draft. So we want to see the Bears do really, really, really well so that that first round pick is as far back as possible. The 32nd pick is obviously going to belong to the Cowboys, but maybe the 30th pick belongs to the Bears. That would be ideal. We want that pick to be as low as possible. So Justin Fields, go prosper. And basically, Bear is now the unofficial mascot of that movement uh, for all Dallas Cowboys fans. But I mentioned um, the offense and what I wanted to get to. And I want to give a shout out to Aiden Davis, who's one of our newer writers uh, here at Blog and the Boys. Aiden does such a great job with statistical analysis, really great, bright, you know, young mind. Um, and Aiden helps me out a lot on, on certain articles that I write. If you if you read any of mine and see any of the fancy graphics and articles, that's all Aiden. Um, and so Aiden and I have been doing something for the last couple of weeks where we look at the Cowboys schedule, their future schedule based on EPA. EPA is expected points added, which is basically a measurement of how good and how bad a defense is, or really how good and good an offense and defense are. And so what we want to look at is, you know, because we can sit here and we can say, well, it looks like the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants and it looks like the Cowboys are going to beat the Patriots and it looks like the Cowboys you know but what, what's the math behind that what's the statistical advantage that the Cowboys have here and to be honest with you it's enormous um, so offensively the Cowboys are one of the very best offenses in the NFL. This week, Football Outsiders had them ranked as the third best by DVOA. They had the Cowboys actually second by overall DVOA. The Buffalo Bills are like impressing the whole DVOA world right now. Uh, and we'll see what that looks like after this week's game. We'll see what their EPA looks like, by the way, after uh, the Bills play the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. But the Cowboys are one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. And from an EPA standpoint, they really, I think, are surpassing even our expectations and we're the people who thought that this Cowboys team would be very good the Cowboys offensive EPA is or EPA per play excuse me is 0.145 that means on average every Cowboys offensive play generates 0.145 plays and I know that that probably doesn't sound like a lot to you if, if you don't dive into this world you probably think man RG that's not even like 0.145 like that's nothing think about that though that's per play per single play. I mean, we're talking about 40, 50 plays in a game here. And so the Cowboys offense is generating, you know, success at a really, really high level. In fact, you know, we looked at this and the reason that Aiden and I wanted to, to do this particular project, and I write about this every single week at blogontheboys.com. This podcast is actually embedded uh, in that article if, if you stumbled on the article first. But we wanted to look at this because we wanted to see, okay, what is that like average advantage as far as the rest of the season is concerned so the average defense that the Cowboys will play this season and this information fluctuates and moves and adjusts week to week because obviously everybody has different results right that's the way the NFL works this will look different next week than 
it does today. It looks different today than it did last week, so on and so forth. But of the Cowboys opponents that are remaining, we're obviously not looking, you know, at the Bucks or the Chargers or the Eagles. We still obviously have to include the Eagles, but the Bucks, the Chargers, or the Panthers. The average defensive EPA per play allowed. So this is what those defenses are doing. They are allowing 0.045 points per play. Again, in this context, whereas the Cowboys are averaging 0.145 points per play. So that is a huge, gigantic, massive advantage that the Cowboys have offensively over the average sample of defense that they're going to play across the rest of the season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Panthers obviously were a team that was doing really well from a defensive EPA per play perspective last week, but the Cowboys had their way with them. There is not a single defense that in this particular measurement looks to be better than the Dallas Cowboys offense. From here on out at week five, because again, this will adjust. From here on out, the Dallas Cowboys offense will have a significant advantage in this realm every single week over the course of the regular season. They will have particularly large advantages against the New York Giants, who have a really, really, really bad defensive EPA per play allowed. So you think about that. We've got a really, uh, Cowboys defense, excuse me, the Giants defensive EP, EPA per play, it's a difficult thing to say a thousand times in a row, is about, you know, negative 0.1. So you're talking about like a, a difference from, you know, if you're factoring these two things in together of about 0.245 that the, you know, composite is between the Giants and the Cowboys. And so, you know, when Aiden and I were doing this for this week, Aiden said I, it would be a stunner if the Cowboys did not score at least 30 points against the Giants. That's just kind of where they're at. So the Giants aren't even the team that the Cowboys should have the biggest advantage against in this realm. The biggest advantage that the Cowboys should have, again, comparing their offense to an opposing team's defense is way later in the season, the week before Thanksgiving. And I know you know what game that is. That is against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have the worst defensive EPA per play allowed right now in the NFL. I don't need to tell you how bad that defense is, which is why Sunday Night Football is going to be awesome, by the way. I think the Bills are winning that game. But I mean, I don't, you know, I think we look at that game now, right? And that's why we wanted to do this exercise is because we might say, well, that's going to be a shootout. You know, that that's going to be a really, really big shootout between the Cowboys and the Chiefs because they have two elite offenses and they do. But the Cowboys defensive, e AP, defensive EPA per play allowed is much better than the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So theoretically, you know, I wrote something this past week about how the Cowboys have generated 10 turnovers so far this season. And I talked about this on our roundtable. Of those 10 turnovers, one of them was Jordan Lewis's interception at the end of the first half against the Buccaneers. That did not have a possession that followed it, right? Because after the interception, the teams go to the locker room because it's halftime. One of the others, Trayvon Diggs's interception against the Philadelphia Eagles, did not have an offensive possession that followed it because he took it to the house and scored, right? So there are eight possessions that the Cowboys defense has given the offense. I'm not trying to not count the other two turnovers, but we're talking about eight possessions. And I did write about this if you want to check it out. Of those eight possessions, or through those eight possessions, the Cowboys have generated 25 points. That's 25 points that they otherwise would not have had if not for those turnovers. And four of those eight turnovers, eight possessions generated from those turnovers, have given the Cowboys incredibly short fields. In fact, four times, the Cowboys, because of defensive turnovers that their defense has generated, the Cowboys have had 37 or less yards to go. 
So think about that. We all we're sitting here talking about how this Cowboys offense has one of the best offensive EPA per plays in the National Football League this season. That's true. That's objective fact. That's data. Nobody can deny this. That's true in general. But beyond that, this Cowboys team through four games has been given an, on average one drive per game that starts with 37 yards to go. I mean, what sucks, or if you're trying to, you know, pick at something here, of those four drives, the Cowboys have only scored a touchdown twice. So, you know, I think we all expect this offense, if they only have 37 yards to go, that should be a touchdown every single time. But sometimes weird things happen. One of those, by the way, was the weird um, Levante David uh, slammed helmet penalty that should have happened against the Buccaneers in week one. So maybe you could argue they should have scored that one. But my point here is that this Cowboys offense is playing at an elite level. And unlike the Kansas City Chiefs right now, they're getting that help. They're getting that complimentary side of things from their defense and that's something that we haven't seen we've seen this team put together elite offensive performances over recent history right the 2014 team 2016 2018 team got really hot over the you know course of the second half of the season granted the defense did pick up their slack as well but this is 2018 on Nas. this is 2018 with an even better offense an even more efficient offense and a defense that is generating even more turnovers generating even shorter fields for them to work with because of the sacks the Cowboys are getting they're pushing teams further and further back and those punts are giving the Cowboys more promising field position so I mean there's a lot to be excited about here is my point because it's not just that this offense is really good is that this offense is really good and it's not being asked to do much there was a lot made about how Dak Prescott threw for 200 whatever yards this past week and still had four touchdowns and people are like man you know he only had he didn't even have 300 yards because he doesn't have to it's because the fields aren't that long that's why last season was what it was at this time when the Cowboys entered their game against the Giants last year Dak Prescott was throwing for 400 you know, 450 yards a game. And the reason for that is just about every drive for the Cowboys offense last year started at their own 25, their own 20, their own 10. You know, they always had 75, 80, 85, 70 yards to go. That's not the case. Again, at least once a game on average, the Cowboys have had less than 37 yards to go or 37 or less yards to go if you want to be technical. And so, that's a really, really good thing. And so I know the title of this episode is the Cowboys offense is elite, but it is an elite overall symbiotic relationship that is happening here between all sides of the football. Even the Cowboys special teams has, you know, gotten better over the course of the last couple of weeks, you know, from a DVOA standpoint, you know, after the first week of the season, they were 31st. I mean, things were rough for the Cowboys from a special team standpoint, but in case you were curious, I mentioned it. they were second or are second in terms of total DVOA. They are third from an offensive standpoint, 10th from a DVOA defensive standpoint and 17th from a special team standpoint think about that I mean that's nuts that's just crazy that that doesn't that doesn't happen to these cowboys or to our cowboys at least so overall I I know I started with this graph and maybe you do want to pull this up so that you can kind of look at it while we talk about it I don't think it's essential but the Cowboys offense is going to have elite advantages against the New York Giants defense gonna have a pretty solid advantage against the Vikings defense gonna have a big time advantage against the Falcons defense they're gonna have a unfair advantage against the Chiefs defense they're going to have a massive advantage against the Washington defense which is something that nobody really thought coming into this season they're going to have another big advantage against the Giants defense obviously another against think about this if you go look at this graph and I think you should 
if you look over the course of the final five games of the season, you'll see that there's a little bit of a W, kind of a Whataburger W, when the Cowboys play the, the, the Washington football team, the Giants, and then Washington again. The Giants' defensive EPA, EPA per play allowed is slightly not as bad as Washington. So you see this kind of up and down moment there. I mean, there are three weeks in a row, seriously, where the Cowboys are going to have a massive advantage from their offensive standpoint against the opposing defense. When they play the Arizona Cardinals, things will be a little bit tough, but then things get you know swell for them again when they play the Philadelphia Eagles on the other side of the coin Cowboys defense doesn't exactly have an advantage um, you know most games they will have an advantage in terms of defensive EPA per play allowed CRJ if you slow it down it works out against the New England Patriots which isn't a shock given the way their offense has looked for most of this season against the Atlanta Falcons and things will kind of be a push for them they're kind of just about as good, so to speak, as the Las Vegas Raiders and the New Orleans Saints. And that's why that stretch from Thanksgiving on looks really promising for the Cowboys. Like I told you, their defense is going to be just about as, you know, evenly matched, I guess is the best way to put it, with Vegas and with New Orleans. And their offense should have a nice, you know, actually, as of now, they're kind of a push with the Raiders. That Raiders game looks to be really good based on this particular data. But, um, New Orleans will challenge them a little bit from a defensive standpoint, but then we're on easy street, baby. Washington, New York, Washington. Arizona's a little bit hiccup there at the end, but that game is in week 17 and not like the actual normal week 17 that we know, like the real now new week 17. It is very possible that by week 17, the Cowboys have locked up the NFC East. And I don't say that to be a homer. I don't say that to be silly. I don't say that to be sarcastic, but they are in a situation where they're going to be obviously playing really well and the rest of the division is not. Think about this for a second. Cowboys schedule coming up. I'm just going to read you a couple of games. We'll, we'll go to Thanksgiving for everybody. Thanksgiving, in case you're curious, uh, is week number 12. So we'll go all the way through Thanksgiving. We're at week five right now. So the Cowboys, they're four and, or three and one. Four, they'll be four and one Sunday. So four and one after the Giants game. They go to New England. Let's say they're five and one. Um, they have their bye. I've, I've said a little bit I think they might lose to the Vikings just because they're not going to win every game, right? So let's say they're five and two. Just go with me here. They're playing the Broncos and the Falcons after that. So they're seven and two. And then they get the Chiefs and the Raiders. And I think it's fair to say they probably split those games, you know, just if we're, if we're being a little bit conservative here. And so that puts them at eight and three with us Thanksgiving night having our post game show. Afterwards, we'll have some more turkey, et cetera, you know, whatever. Eight and three on Thanksgiving night or through Sunday uh, of Thanksgiving week. Now let's look at the second place Washington football team. They are currently two and two. They have the New Orleans Saints this week. I think they lose, but whatever. So let's say they do lose. They're two and three. Then they got the Chiefs next week. So they're two and four. They go to Green Bay after that. They're two and five. They go to Denver after that. Again, being conservative, let's give them that win. They're three and five at this point. They go on their bye. They come out of their bye and get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so now they're three and six. They go to Carolina. And I know that, you know, we talked a little bit of smack about Carolina, but I think we all agree that they're somewhat for real. So they're three and seven, right? Um, and then they have Seattle on Monday Night Football the Monday after Thanksgiving. So they're three and eight. So we're talking about the Cowboys are going to be eight and three in all likelihood, and Washington's going to be three and eight. So, you know, with six games to go the Cowboys are going to have a five game advantage on the Washington football team with two games against them coming up so that's Washington who's right now arguably the best of the other three teams let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles now who are, are one and three almost a three and one goodness they're one and three the Eagles have the Panthers this week um on the NFC's mixtape this week BLG did predict them to lose so we'll put them at one and four after that the Eagles get the Buccaneers they're one and five after that, they're in Vegas. They're one and six. Then they're at Detroit. I think they're two and six. 
They get the Chargers after that. They're two and seven. Um, you know, they go to Denver after that. I'll give them that that game. So they're three and seven. Uh, they get New Orleans after that. Maybe they win. Like again, I'm trying to be conservative here. They're four and seven, and then they get the Giants. You know. Five and seven. That's their week twelve game. So maybe the Eagles are five and seven. But still, the Cowboys are eight and three at this particular point in time. The Eagles have not had their bye, by the way, at this point, which is why the math is off. So uh the Giants finally last team, the losers this Sunday. Uh the Giants are one and three, but they're gonna fall to one and four on Sunday. They have the Rams after that, so they are one and five. They have the Panthers after that, they are one and six. Then they visit the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football. They are one and seven. After that, they have the Vegas Raiders. They are one and eight. Then they go on their bye. And then in week 11, they are at Tampa Bay on Monday night football. They are one and eight. I think I've already lost track of this here. Um, and then they have the Eagles. So that puts them at, you know, I gave that win to Phillies so that they're one and nine. Somehow I missed this, this mess, messed this math up. So one and three, let's go this one. We're done. One and four to tomorrow on Sunday, not tomorrow. One and five after the Rams game, one and six with the Panthers, one and seven with the Chiefs, one and eight with the Raiders, one and nine after the Bucks. And one in ten. I don't know how. I'm, oh no, that's right. That's eleven games. So they're one in ten. So like our math here, you know, because I'm speaking for you here. Cowboys are eight and three on Thanksgiving night. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles are five and seven, maybe through that week. The Giants are one in ten. Maybe they squeak one out. Fine. They have two wins, right? And the Washington Football Team is three and eight. So, I mean. And this is something BLG also mentioned on the mixtape. The NFL, and we've talked about this before, you and I, mashed together all those NFC East games at the final tail of the season, and they might not mean anything. Like, the Cowboys might lock this thing up before those divisional games ultimately even take place because of the you know, the fact that they're a really good team and their schedule is what it is, and the other divisional teams are not that good. So we'll see. But, you know, anything can happen, obviously, right? Like, life changes super fast. Like, we're having this conversation at week five, and a lot can change, but I don't see any reason. I think we were very practical with our projections here, so I'm, you know, being honest with you. But um, I got to say, I enjoyed this, and this was part of the reason I was excited to, to make this adjustment is I, I love podcasting, and I appreciate those of you who, who do like to listen, uh, and I appreciate all the kind comments, and, and this allows for some more standard podcasting. The dailies are awesome, but we've got to get to certain things. And so I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you have as well. Uh, later on today, we will have a new episode of Riled Up with Tom Ryle and Roy White. Uh, we will have our Madden simulation that Derek Kirby takes care of on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel if you want to see how Madden thinks the Cowboys are going to do against the Giants on Sunday. Tomorrow, we will have our preview show on the YouTube channel with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. We'll, of course, have a new episode of Girls Talking Boys available for you as well here on the Podcast Network and dailies every single day. Cowboys Oi on Saturday. The Jersey Boys will be here for our pregame show on Sunday. And then we'll do this all again Sunday night when the Cowboys are 4-1 and one and uh, we look really smart because we predicted it. So thanks for tuning in everybody. Thanks Bear for participating. Um, thank you all. Love you all. So uh, yeah. Um, have a great day. Have the best day ever. You know what? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana my friends. As always go Cowboys and peace out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.